Hello, and welcome to the Otaku Fromagerie. As you may have guessed from the name, on this podcast, we're going to talk about two things, anime and cheese. The best combination that you never knew you were missing until today. The way each episode will be structured is that I'll talk about an anime, I'll talk about a cheese, and then I'll end with a final recommendation for each. Now, there are a lot of anime review shows out there that describe a show and then talk about if it was cool or not, or if the reviewer liked it or not. And we're certainly going to cover that territory. But since here at the Otaku Fromagerie, we like to intellectualize everything, that's also how we're going to approach anime. So in addition to answering the question, was it cool, we're also going to try to answer why was it cool? Was its messaging effective? Did it make me think? Did I learn something new? In other words, there is going also going to be an obnoxious highbrow literary aspect to these reviews, so get ready for that. As for the cheese portion of the show, while I like to consider myself a fledgling anime aficionado, I am unfortunately not a cheese whiz. So Bear with me as we both learn about the diverse types and flavors of fermented milk together. If this podcast does actually go well and seem sustainable, I might even try and recruit my friend who is a true cheese connoisseur to help out with this part, but TBD on that. So now, without further ado, let's get started with the show. On this episode of the Otaku Fromagerie, We'll be talking about the show Parasite, The Maxim, and the cheese Alpha Tolman from Jasper Hill Farm. So, Parasite. It is a sci-fi entertainment thriller about a high schooler, of course, whose right arm is taken over by a shape-shifting parasitic alien. To give you some background on the show, it is a relatively recent adaptation of an older manga. It was written by Hitoshi Iwaki between 1988 and 1995. It won a big award in 1993, the Kodansha Manga Award for in the general manga category. Um, so it, like I said, it stopped running in 1995, or the the manga series ended in 1995, and then almost 20 years later. It was in 2014. It was adapted into two live-action films. They they split the story up into two parts, so two separate films, and serialized as an anime at uh, around the same time, over the same two years, 2014 and 2015. I didn't read the manga, but I I would be curious to know what the differences are between the manga and the show. Because the show did feel very modern and recent, just in terms of themes and style and writing. And I would imagine that um, that a manga written in in the 1990s, which is like, what, almost 40, 30, 30 years ago, uh, probably would have been different. So I think it would be interesting to know what the producers, writers, and directors changed in order for a change in the anime from the original manga in order to give it that more modern feel. 
and what else might they have changed in terms of themes and messaging uh, that the original author might not have intended or even put into the manga. Anyway, that nonsense aside, is it a good show? And yeah, it's a solid sci-fi thriller. It's got creepy monsters, cool fight scenes between shape-shifting parasites, good world-building, a love story side plot, a fairly dark storyline with the characters dying, and a fair amount of body horror with all of the shape-shifting parasites. So overall, it's got all the qualities that a good dark sci-fi thriller with mild horror elements needs to have. But was it thought-provoking? Was it savory and delicious? Did it have the mental umami, if you will, that a show needs to go from good to great? To answer that question, we need to know what the qualities of a great sci-fi show are. And to figure that out, let's talk about two shows and stories that I think are excellent. The first is the iRobot collection of short stories by Isaac Asimov. I'm specifically not talking about the movie, which was fine, but not excellent, and not about the novels because I haven't read those. So, in the world of the iRobot series, humanity has developed intelligent humanoid robots who serve humanity in all of the typical sci-fi ways and who are governed by the three laws of robotics. Those laws are, one, a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction, allow a human to come to harm. Two, a robot must obey orders given to it by human beings, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. And three, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. So, protect humans, obey humans, and protect yourself in descending order of priority. At first glance, that seems like a simple yet comprehensive solution for maintaining control over robot behavior and protecting humanity from a Matrix or Terminator-style robot revolution. But in each of the short stories, Asimov asks a what-if question that challenges your assumptions about how the rules of the world work. What happens if a robot's brain gets overloaded with more information than it can handle? What would happen if a robot was trying to protect humans but then finds out that it was actually harming them? What would happen if a robot ran for president? The end result is this fascinating set of thought experiments that immerse you in this other world, not by just telling you what the rules are and how it works, but instead, by breaking those rules and showing you what the consequences are, Asimov exposes the conflicts and complexities of this imagined world. This perspective not only makes the world come alive, but it also prompts the reader to consider the similarities between our world and theirs, in addition to marveling at the differences. The anime, Psychopaths, at least as I remember it, because it's been a while, is another example of an excellent sci-fi story and world building. In the show, society has created a perfect utopia where everyone lives a happy, peaceful life because the system is constantly monitoring, predicting, and controlling for every person's needs, wants, and emotional state. Similarly to iRobot, the show explores what happens when people find ways to break the rules of that perfect happy world. For example, if everyone in that world is truly happy, 
Why are there people trying to fight back against the system? How does the rest of society react when it's exposed to crime and violence? If everyone is conditioned to this anodyne lifestyle, who is going to be able to stop the bad guys? And are the people causing this chaos even the bad guys, or is the system itself the bad guy? So, now that I've talked about those two shows, and I've probably raised more questions than I've answered, we can go back to my question from earlier, which is, what makes a great sci-fi show? And to me, the best sci-fi is framed as a thought experiment. It defines the terms of a new world, and then explores what society and behaviors and relationships look like in that world. And from that perspective, Parasite, unfortunately, does not stand out. The world that it creates is compelling. It's basically the same as ours, with the addition of the alien parasites, which makes it recognizable and easily imaginable. But the response of society to those parasites is fairly predictable, i.e., eradicate the monsters. Granted, that leads to some exciting and dramatic encounters, but relatively few thought-provoking ones. And to be fair, I also think that that predictable response is part of the show's message, but it still doesn't feel that interesting to me. About two-thirds of the way through the show, it does start to get slightly more introspective. The show is still very much a thriller, but it's clearly trying to get you to think about questions like, why are the parasites here? What is their relationship with humanity? What is humanity's relationship with nature? And actually, it's the way the show raises those questions and the way that it answers them that's what doesn't work for me. An excellent show will give you the answer, and then you have to decide what the question is or how to interpret that answer. Parasite just tells you, this is the question and this is the answer. So for example, one of the recurring themes of the show is environmentalism, and the parasites are clearly supposed to be a foil or mirror for humanity's excesses and flaws. But it's just too on the nose for my taste. There's a scene where a character has a whole monologue to make that point, and that doesn't invalidate the message, but it just feels a little less satisfying. The theme feels tacked on to make a point rather than being incorporated into the whole story. It's like if you were trying to make a fruitcake, but you glued all the fruit to the outside of it rather than baking it evenly into the whole dessert. Another theme that comes up is the emotional development of parasites. For the most part, they're these cold, calculating, hyper-intelligent beings, but then some of them start to get feelings. And watching, I was just like, okay, yes, and I can construct an argument for why it matters and what it represents, what are the similarities and differences between parasites and humans, etc., but I really had to work at it. So again, it just felt added on as a sort of window dressing, rather than being effectively integrated into the story. And this tacked-on theme especially stands out in comparison to a masterclass show about emotional development that I just watched, Toradora. At the ending of that show, a character makes an unexpected choice, and you're like, wait, why did they do that? But then you realize how all of the emotional growth and development over the whole 24-episode season led up to that point. Versus Parasite, where there's a similar moment at the end, but you're like, wait, why did that happen? Was it this or that? It's not really clear, 
and it just doesn't have the same impact. So we'll have to wait until the end for my final recommendation. I feel like that was kind of a lot of negativity, but at the end of the day, the show is a thriller. It was fun to watch, and it's entertainment. Not everything has to be literature. Anyway, next up, cheese time. The cheese that I'm talking about today is Alpha Tolman, which is produced by Jasper Hill Farm. A little background on Jasper Hill. It's a fairly small company based out of the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont. That's just the northeasternmost region of the state, but they call it a kingdom, which is pretty sweet. Jasper Hill does every step of production themselves, from managing their own herd of cows to aging the cheeses in their own facility. In addition to their main facility in Greensboro, Vermont, they also have a satellite facility at the Vermont Food Venture Center, which is in Hardwick, Vermont, just a few miles south of Greensboro. The Venture Center is a shared space industrial kitchen facility, which I only mention because Alpha Tolman, the cheese we're talking about today, is made and aged at the satellite facility. I'm not entirely sure why it's made there, but I'd imagine that the smaller, separate setup allows Jasper Hill to experiment with different recipes, different aging conditions than they would be able to do at their main facility. So, now for the cheese itself, Alpha Tolman. According to the Jasper Hill website, the name Alpha Tolman comes from the name of a philanthropic dairy farmer who built the Greensboro Library in 1900. Alpha's grandfather, Enoch, was one of the town's original settlers. Alpha Tolman is an alpine cheese, so the same family as Swiss cheese, Comté, Gruyère, Raclette. They typically have a firm, pliable texture, and the flavor profiles are nutty and earthy, but with really a broad diversity between different types of cheeses. Alpha Tolman was specifically inspired by Appenzeller cheeses, which come from northeast Switzerland near the Obersee and the Austrian border. The sensory notes from the Jasper Hill website state, Alpha Tolman has a buttery fruit and nut flavor when young, developing bold, meaty, caramelized onion flavors as it matures. The texture is dense and pliant, easily portioned, and ideal for melting. Now for the tasting itself. I didn't record myself actually eating the cheese, but I did take notes, which I will walk through now. The cheese came in a triangular-shaped wedge. The center was a pale, milky amber color. It had a thin rind, which was tan with dark brown smudges. And it really did smell like caramelized onions and meat, specifically hamburger or some other kind of greasy meat, with just a faint whiff of some sulfur compounds as well. The first part I tasted was the nose of the cheese. That's the front part of the wedge which means it came from the inside of the wheel. Since the fermentation in alpine cheeses is anaerobic and moves from inside to out, that means the flavors in the nose are going to be the most intense. To me, it was earthy and oaky, and I could definitely taste the caramelized onion and fatty meat flavors in this part. At the outer portions of the wedge, the flavors became brighter and tangier, and the meat and onion flavors were much less prevalent. The texture throughout the wedge was smooth and pliable. Alpha Tolman does have an edible rind. It was a little chewy, 
and to me tasted nutty and creamy, and just a little chalky. In terms of a wine pairing for this cheese, Chardonnay is a no-brainer. But I think it could also be interesting to go for contrast with something tangier or fruitier, but definitely keeping things on the dry side. Jasper Hill recommends pairing with a robust ale, which I think would also be quite nice. One potential downside of this cheese is that it's not inexpensive. I don't remember the exact numbers, but I think the price was around $30 per pound. Overall, I like Dafatolman. It's a hearty, meat and potatoes kind of cheese, and it was delicious. And now for my recommendations. A brief note on how these will work. I'm not going to give anything a score, whether numerical, alphabetical, or alphanumeric, partly because I don't trust myself to be internally consistent enough to validate any kind of scoring system, but also because different people have different tastes. So rather than saying something like, this show gets an A+, everyone should watch it, I think it makes more sense to say, this show, or cheese, will be great for some people, but might not be as enjoyable for someone else. Anyway, now for the actual recommendations. For the anime, Parasite. It's not a perfect sci-fi story, but a show doesn't have to be perfect to still be worth a watch. If you're looking for an exciting sci-fi thriller with a dark storyline and mild horror elements, this is the show for you. It's great. On the other hand, if you're looking for an introspective meditation on human nature, you might be disappointed. For the cheese, Alpha Tolman from Jasper Hill Farm. It's a hearty, earthy, yummy cheese with a delicious flavor profile. It is on the pricier side, so part of me does wonder if you could find a similar type of cheese at a more affordable price point. That being said, I took the remainder of my tasting wedge to a get-together with some friends, and everyone unanimously praised it as being delicious. So, based on the strength of their opinions, as well as my own, I would definitely recommend Alpha Tolman to anyone who wants to spend $7 on a block of cheese. And that's it for the first episode. Thanks for listening, and if you want more content like this, be sure to like, subscribe, and share with all of your friends. I'll see you next time at the Otaku Fromagerie.